0: When you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin
1: to discover that you are, in fact, designed to heal. I want to welcome our audience to another episode of the Designed to Heal podcast. I am your average Jeff with Dr. Ben Rawl. Yes, sir. Good morning, buddy. Well,
0: uh, great day. Thanks uh, for asking. Did you ask or did Uh, I just tell uh, you? um... How are I, you? I asked. All right. I well, asked. Well, it's good to be here.
1: Hey, man, we got a we got a guest on the line today. We got that, a um, as as always, you um you know you don't always give me a heads up on these things, and and you know for the audience, if they don't know, if you think we do a lot of show prep, we don't. I mean, that's <laughs> not to say that we don't care. We <laughs> We definitely do. I think that's what the fun of this is, is that, you know, our own curiosity... Speak for
0: yourself. You don't do a lot of show well, prep. Um, I do a lot of show right, prep. But, right, right. Um, I, I want to show,
1: show me your script of questions. Actually, you know what? That's not fair because you do always have a notebook that has full of questions yes. and that sort of thing. But but the idea more so is we are conversational here. Yeah. And because we love just engaging conversations, like I think if anything, when I say that we don't do a lot of show prep, it's more so because we know the guests that we're getting. and We right. know that they're going to bring yeah. some amazing stuff. So I never questioned that with you. When you tell me, "Man, we got somebody great today," I'm like, "Sweet, yeah. who do I get to learn from today?" So, yeah. who well, do we
0: have? Well, what's been fun? Was, so our guest today is a gentleman by the name of Stanford Graham, and I'm going to let him give us his his, his background story because it's a it's one of those that you can't do in just a couple of sentences. But what I what I love about you know been in this profession for a long time, chiropractic and wellness, and then also. Um, I just know I've gotten a chance to know a lot of great people. So when you know a great person and they connect you with somebody, right, that's like the best, right? Because you know that they've, you know, if they tell me I need to meet this person, I take that very serious. So uh, Stanford was one of those connections. And so we got to, we got to chance to connect. And after about four seconds of talking to him, I was like, oh, man, this guy is the real deal, and we have to have him on the show. Nice. And so um it's just going to be an awesome show. So, Stanford, thank you for, for uh, getting on with us today. I know you're on the West Coast, so you had to get up a little earlier than we did. But um, thank you for coming. And will you just do uh, us a favor for our listeners? Will you just give us your bio, brag a little bit about yourself, tell us... What you've done. I know we have a lot of mutual friends uh, in, in in circles in this in this place, especially with what's been going on. But just tell us about you and what you're up to, and then we'll dive in.
2: Sure, it's uh, great to be with you today, Dr. Raul. Um Yeah, my background. I'm i I'm a lawyer by uh, training and profession. And uh, the last uh, probably half of my uh, professional legal career uh, participated in international commodity transactions kind of a narrow uh, practice, particularly if you're practicing law in, in Utah. But has um, spent quite a bit of time doing that, traveled uh, that required a lot of world travel uh, and a lot of places. I, th- I think now it's 38 countries, I think, and met some phenomenal people during the course of that work. Um, I've uh, I've been and asked an athlete most of my life. I've uh, I hit my fifth decade with a, uh, uh, with a goal to break a world record for the men's mile for the men's 15 over category. Uh, I actually started that at about uh, 52 years old. Um, I've been uh, a student of science and nutrition and uh, in fitness, really, all my life, and uh, it really appreciated the, um, the miracle, which I uh, I say a miracle, but I regard as a, just a, a remarkable uh, fusion of mechanics and art that is the human body. Amen and to that. So, uh,
0: well, I want to impress our listeners for a second. So will you tell them your current status in your, uh, uh, journey to break that world record. So I think you told me, I don't want to, but if it's okay, you're, you told me on the phone you're 60 years old, correct?
2: That's right. And Damn.
0: what, and what did you, what's your current best mile? Uh,
2: 427.
0: 427. 427 in chair. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> so there we go. So those, you know, you count every one of those when you're trying to break a world record, right? Um, so <laughs> So anybody that's listening to this, you know, just try to wrap your head around that. I don't care who you are, how old you are. That's an impressive time. But also I I share that because I, I, you know, that's just, I know we haven't got to spend a lot of time together, Stanford, but you know, not a lot of people are out there chasing down a mile world record at 60 years of age running 427 miles. And so, you know, I think that just speaks to maybe the person that you are to some degree, that's just committed at you know, whatever you're doing. I'm sure when you were practicing the other type of law you were practicing, um, but now you also might be listening to this and saying, okay, so what are we talking about running today? Are we talking, what are we talking, because because you've gotten, <laughs> and we, who knows, we might, but you've gotten yourself um, involved in some pretty serious litigation yeah. that I know for our listeners, they yeah. will be fascinated by a lot of them are very yeah. familiar with you know, some of the people that you work with and, and, and what's going on there. So I would if it's yeah. okay, I'd love to start with that part of this, because you had some recent sure. news even, some recent successes on what's happening, and share whatever you can with your strategy and what what's, what's you're seeing happen. Because I think it's really encouraging because so if, if you're listening to this today, that yesterday was the day we found out that Fauci had said he was going to resign. Right, and I think uh, there's some of us that are, yes. uh, you know, we're going well. No, 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 no. You don't just get to resign. <laughs> you gotta. <we're laughs> some, we, we got some talking to do, right? Because you're seeing the CDC change. You're seeing basically massive backpedaling about what's been done the last two, two and a half years to you know people across the globe, and of course in America. And there's a lot of us that are not okay with that, and we're not not okay in the sense that we're vindictive and. We want to hurt people, but I'm saying like there needs to people need to be held accountable, especially when there is evidence, you know, that we're we're not, you know, properly, you know, put out there. So I would love to hear your journey on this on the legal side and some of the people you're sure. working with. Yeah, so we will hand it to you.
2: Yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, those kind of those those two worlds of mine uh, coalesced to, in a meeting with uh, with David Martin uh, about a year and change. A year and a few months ago, I think June of last year, and uh, first time that I heard David Martin uh, hadn't uh, followed him, wasn't aware of his work, but uh, a friend of mine shared a an interview with Dr. Martin, um, and I listened to about seven and a half minutes of it, during which he was, whether uh, in which he was explicitly detailing. His uh, forensic work on uh, over four thousand patents. Um, he's the chairman and founder of a company called MCAM, which is the largest, the world's largest underwriter of intellectual property, which gives him uh, some some capacity for the last twenty-five years to track very. Uh, In a very detailed way, almost, uh, yeah, in a very detailed way, the patent applications, the patent awards, the transactions of patents, intellectual property uh, globally. So, a lot of listeners will probably
0: remember him. Maybe some people got familiar with his work. I know when he was in the Plandemic movie, right? mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, that was when some people became familiar with him. Everybody remembers, right? Yes. The guy with the bow tie. Uh, um, yeah, but, I, yeah, the, but he was the, the man
2: with the, go ahead. The man with the superpowers boats. Uh, yeah. yeah, there you go.
0: And, but, but, it, but he was the one that really first, and I know you're getting there, right. But I want our listeners to know, you probably familiar, you might not have, uh, fully remembered his name. Many of you do, of course. And he's been integral in, in helping to bring to light. Um, cause I know we've been talking a lot about, you know, there's so many things that have happened over these last few years. Um, but he, he was really onto this even beforehand. And will you talk a little bit about what he had discovered and what kind of some of his, you know, really important work
2: initially was? Well, yes, he, um, this is part of what, uh, what really drew me to him was <clears throat> he had, uh, he had detailed Dr. Rall a patent in, uh, in 2002 and that patent was a, um, uh, detailed the development of, of these chimeric injections that uh, were supposed to be a subject of a program called Warp Speed. That um, there was uh, the world was taken by surprise with this uh, strange SARS CoV 2 coronavirus. And hurry, we need to make vaccines before this. Uh, this pandemic overtakes the world. Well, the vaccines, uh, the research on these vaccines the first patent applications, uh, among the first date back to 2002, 2002 people. Yeah. Not warp speed.
0: Not 19. Yeah. Not, not uh,
2: 2019, not 2020. Right. And so the, uh, <clears throat> I found it interesting that the injections were developed prior to the virus, because, of course, the virus is also a function of human development. And so after listening to David in this particular interview, interview for a few minutes, I, I reached out to a friend about him and asked, do you have a Do you know this David Martin? This friend of mine is really well-connected. He says, yes, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. He's a, he's a good friend. And I asked my friend, uh, do you have his phone number? And he said, yeah. I said, call him. Call him. Because uh, I just heard, I said now that uh, I, I sent him the podcast, Doctor Rall, and uh, he called me back. He said, "Have you listened to it?" Yes, I just said, "Listen to the first ten minutes." I said, "Well, now now that we know, we have to do something. Now that we know the facts, we have to do something." And, and then within uh, a few weeks, of that time, I had uh, Doctor Martin I'd arranged to have him uh, sitting inside a film studio of a. A very dear friend of mine, Jeff Hayes, who is a, an award-winning documentary film producer, to interview David Martin at length, and it turned out to be a, a four-hour interview, and that was released with uh, one of their large film works, and has, you know, I think, now been seen by you know, something on the order of a hundred million people. Yeah. So, so yeah. Go ahead. It got me involved. Got me involved with David Martin and and the the desire that uh, mutual desire that we had. I shared with him in, in really in doing what you've already identified, which is looking for the method by which these public officials appointed or elected or otherwise uh, can be held accountable for their acts. The, uh, the spike protein that was developed by Ralph Baric, who's a virologist at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, um, is identified as a bioweapon. Among the uh, statutory documents of the United States, Uh, it's very well documented that he developed that in partnership with the Wuhan lab. I mean, his fingerprints are all over, his name's all over it. It's also a fact that uh, he developed that, he weaponized that spike protein uh, after President Obama put a moratorium on that type of work. It's a fact. That the fellow who's going to resign in December authorized Mr. Barrett to pursue that weaponization, notwithstanding President Obama's uh, moratorium, and did so in writing. You know, uh, uh, you know, those are facts.
0: Stanford. I was I was listening to, and I want our listeners to know about this too. I was listening to an interview um, over the weekend that was recently done by with um, by Bobby Kennedy Jr. And RFK, and he was talking. His interview was with Jeffrey Sachs, and he was the chair of the Lancet's COVID 19 commission. About one of the things they were looking at is, you know, the origins of COVID 19, right? Where did this thing come from? Yeah.
3: And what was super interesting
0: yeah. was as he was talking, he basically said, Hey, when I came into this thing, I was full like, I was full on. This came from the wet market. This was of natural origin. Right. He said, I, I was arguing about right. that. And this guy's been highly connected. I mean, he's with the UN. You know, he's he's a UN mm. senior UN advisor. And after going through this and you talking about, you know, um, the general the, the people that you're talking about and Day and all these guys. And he said, and and his conclusion as he's been through this, he said it was cra- it was crazy. I mean, this guy's just like almost as surprised as he's talking about this. He said, the lies I was told. The deception, the collusion, the um, all of the things that he said, and so if you're now probably not people that are listening to this, but you know, I know early on this was the kind of stuff that got people canceled. This was the kind of stuff that got people deplatformed. But right now, as it stands, that is, and I mean, I know you're, you know, as an attorney, you don't say anything lightly that you can't defend, right? You're not out here running your mouth and just saying, "Oh, hey, this type of thing." We're talking about, like you just said, these are known facts. And matter of fact, that's what this Jeffrey Sachs was saying, like. This isn't conspiracy theory. This isn't no, um this is, up, yeah. yeah. So I just want people to know like I know it might not yet be on, you know, CNN and Fox News, but it's it is the the leading reality right now which is this was created intentionally and unfortunately the United States had a lot to do with it, meaning we funded that research and there is a a paper trail very clearly describing everything that you just said. So you wouldn't, and and you wouldn't be winning in court and you wouldn't be pursuing what you're doing if we didn't have the evidence to do that. And the evidence just keeps growing, frankly, which is why I think you're seeing so much backtracking happening. Your people are seeing that they they're getting, they're getting caught, right? The lies are catching up. And that's the one thing that's great about truth is eventually it wins out never as fast as we like. Oftentimes never often without casualties that end up in the midst of that storm of lies, but um so I, I just wanted to interject there for a second and let our listeners know that this is not this is not a, 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 conju- a you know a conjecture here this is the reality of
2: where we're at yeah <clears throat> there's very good evidence about those basic facts uh, documentary evidence there's uh, the evidence as well that we're seeing in the public record uh, we <clears throat> I'm the founder of a com- of a platform called Prosecute Now. It's ProsecuteNow.io. ProsecuteNow.io. And the purpose of Prosecute Now, David Martin is a co-founder of Prosecute Now as well. The the purpose is to hold these folks accountable for the actions that they've taken. Uh, we have a we have a federal case filed in the federal district in Utah, filed in March of this year. The name of the cases. Griner versus Biden, uh, where we've uh, we've sued the Biden administration, HHS and CMS uh, over the uh, injection mandate that remains in place that applies to all healthcare workers and beyond. Yeah, so um, tell us all about those is- that
0: because this is fascinating. So there's a couple of things I thought when you were telling me this story. Um, number one is is an interesting. Reason and it's important that this was filed in, U- in Utah, correct? That that makes this a little more interesting, or more interesting, yes, even t- more yes. interesting.
2: Yeah, it's very compelling. The fact is, uh, here are the facts. So, Dr. Devin Griner is a surgeon here in Utah. He his primary work is on uh, infants. He does uh, corrective uh, surgery. Uh, for infants um, cleft palate work he does principally beautiful cleft palate work for infants and he's traveled the world doing that for many years uh, he refused to be injected and as a consequence has lost uh, privileges at a number of institutions to practice his art and improve the lives of these beautiful children uh, he's the plaintiff in the matter uh, the case has been brought because the The factual question that we've put before the court is, well, the issue we put before the court is that the uh, the injections used in pursuit of flattening the curve and you know um, staying ahead of this uh, alleged pandemic over the last uh, two years and change um, is in fact not a vaccine. We've been told it's a vaccine over and over and over and uh, that it was safe and effective uh, the fact the the proposition we put before the court is that it is not a vaccine in fact it is a gene therapy and as a function of that fact is a medical treatment and as a medical treatment cannot be consti- cannot constitutionally be mandated but for some very difficult tests that's that kind of mandate would have to overcome much much like a uh, Dr. Raul mandating that uh, all women between 25 and 35 be sterilized. I mean, that wouldn't go over very well in this country, right? No, you know, sh- no We'd sh- never, would never see the light of day. But that's still, the point: is the sterilization is a medical treatment. Yeah. yeah. So the, the point is, this injection is a medical treatment; it's not a vaccine. So and you, because yeah. of that factual distinction, then the the its constitutional uh, ability for to be mandated. By the federal government is uh, is beyond the pale, so this so is fascinating that case, though.
0: yeah, because and I, I guess my question or I just would want our listeners to pause and think on this because you know sometimes you know, I, you know, remember this when I was talking with you, Stanford, like these are um, um, uh, when I say bold claims, I don't mean that in that they're that they're hard for probably our listeners, but when you think about the narrative is that has been shoved down most people's throats for two and a half years, You know, so so the first thing saying, you know, that this thing was, you know, uh, the evidence is strongly suggests that this was created, you know, by, you know, funded and researched, done primarily by the United States, done in a lab in China. But then on top of that, you know, this thing, vaccine, 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 vaccine. And then, you know, to come in with one of the arguments on the table before the court saying this actually, by definition, is not a vaccine. That is a again a, a a really big deal, and if it was if it was um, ridiculous, of course that would have been thrown out of the court before it even hit, you know hit it. Um, but that's not yeah. what's happened, right? I mean, because because it's, it's really not, important yeah. distinction to make. Because I mean, because you tell me if you want to tell me you want to give me a vaccine or you want to do gene therapy on me, well, I'm going to question both of those things. But gene the- therapy sounds really freaky. All right. A vaccine, of course, scares me too. But so, so what happened? What's been going on when you guys proposed this to the courts or, you know?
2: Well, we, yeah, we had oral arguments on July 6th. Uh, we have a, we have a motion before the court for a preliminary injunction to immediately terminate the uh, injection mandate against the healthcare workers. Um, this actually is a whole, is a case, that actually arose out of the Missouri versus Biden case, which, um, uh, the OSHA case in which the uh, injection mandate was overturned by the Supreme Court, as it applied to private businesses with employees, you know, 100 plus employees. Uh, this is the remaining uh, segment of that uh, that injection mandate against healthcare workers. So um, we have a motion for preliminary injunction for its immediate termination. Uh, a the Biden administration, the DOJ, filed a motion to dismiss. We had oral arguments on both those motions uh, on July 6th. Uh, the Biden administration was seeking a summary decision on its motion to dismiss, which the which the judge in the case said, absolutely not. Um, he took the matter under advisement, uh, which for us was a win. And uh, also, uh, a significant note, he kept our ability to submit evidence open after the hearing. And so, since that time, Dr. Wall, uh, we've submitted some remarkable evidence. Like right? most of the evidence we've submitted has been provided to us by our opposition. Um, the additional evidence that we've submitted in the last, you know, over the course of the last uh, five or six weeks includes Fauci's admissions that this so called Vaccine. This injection was never intended to provide immunity. Never intended to prevent or inhibit transmissibility or infectivity. But all it was to do, from the beginning, he now says, um, was to reduce uh, severe symptom. Sim, uh, sever, I'm sorry, symptom severity. Uh, we have uh, that testimony that was actually, um, or that story, those facts actually came out in an Epic Times piece which we submitted into evidence also into evidence uh we submitted uh, documents from the public record with the cdc scrambling uh, their emails texts etc scrambling to change the definition of vaccine and vaccination mm-hmm. because uh the evidence was just showing up that clearly whatever was in these tubes that were putting you know these uh, this gene therapy that was being injected into people was not inhibiting transmissibility or infectivity which is you know, which are the two uh, pillars of uh, vaccine uh, the vaccine school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, much less providing immunity. Uh, the facts are just coming out where uh, most of the people that were hospitalized with uh, COVID-branded symptoms were injected and boosted. So uh, there was a hurry up scramble to change the actual definitions of these, uh, you know, the noun and the verb. What does it mean? to be, you know, for something to be a vaccine, what does it mean to be vaccinated? Uh, that's been submitted in the evidence. Uh, you probably remember just about three weeks ago, Dr. Burks right. who was stood beside uh, President Trump and Dr. Fauci in, uh, in early 2020, stating that uh, that these injections were going to save everybody, that these injections were probably the best weapon that we had in the U.S. Arsenal of vaccines, and just three weeks ago, uh, she stated that uh, she knew from the beginning that these vaccines were not going to protect anybody from anything.
0: Yeah. Is, you know, And is, so when you, yeah, when you file something like this and, you know, these arguments are made and these things you're submitting and talking about right now, you know, if, if, and I just want to pause on this for our listeners for a second. So when, when you're suing the Biden administration, you know, when you got a lawsuit that, you know, the defendant is, is, is Biden and you're, um, you know, and they bring the Department of Justice there. That's basically asking the court system to throw this thing out, just bar none, get rid of this thing. And the judge says, uh, "No, we're not going to do that." Um, I mean that that right there is very interesting because I mean, just I think anybody listening to this, we all are are skeptical to some degree. Um, they would have been very, they're very disappointed in that happening because, and and I'm, I'm, I'm frankly personally, that was one of the things that fascinated me when I was talking with you. Is the fact that that's been allowed to go on is, is incredible. And, in, you know, because, man, they were not interested because then you're going to be able to get into discovery. You're going to be able to get into some of these other things, which is really where it gets super, you know, even more interesting. Um, so clearly it appears, you know, that the, the truth is on your side. Of course, now more and more of it's coming out every single day. Um, but are you guys feeling that way? Are you guys excited about what's happening?
2: Well, we're cautiously bullish, yes, because the—I uh, mean—we know the track record of in any number of cases we've watched filed around the country. It, it doesn't take a judge several weeks to decide to dismiss a case; it just doesn't. Right. The standard the judge has to meet in order to uh, grant a motion to dismiss is a low standard. It, it doesn't take a lot of time to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, um much like the case that uh, we were involved with the mask mandate case we were involved in that case and getting that overturned it was a which was a Florida Central District yeah, court right. over, on, over on over on your side of the country yeah um, you know the judge put together a a 50 plus page decision which was uh, very articulate very well documented very well footnoted et cetera. it takes time to put together that kind of tight argument reasoning in conclusion, um, that takes time. These federal judges do have clerks that help them write, but at the end of the day, they're responsible for what they put their signature to. So it makes makes much more sense to us that the reasons that the uh, court has not yet uh, published its opinion on these two, uh, on the arguments that we made on these two motions is is a function of uh, more ink rather than less we believe that there's a an extraordinary opinion being penned.
0: And what could the, uh, that so, what, would be- what could some of those implications be? I'm asking you to 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 we're, you know reading the future here, but just for for us to understand because I we all remember when the mask mandate thing happened in Florida in federal court there and then it was like and I don't think I'm exaggerating this Stanford. I mean I remember seeing videos of people it got announced and people in the middle of their flight in the air getting announced and ripping their masks off. I mean, it was a yeah. it was a big deal. So, if this case is able to, if some version of that happens with the work that you and David and others are doing, what what could happen? And I again, we you know can't tell the future, but what are the implications of this?
2: Well, yeah. So let's just <clears throat> let's just connect some logical points. Uh, point number one: the injection is not a vaccine. Because that's that is the issue in the case. Now let me ask you this: this because, is
0: not- and this would be fascinating. I'm going to make this connection because of the. And I know we talked about this a little bit, but not this specific. The 1986 Vaccine uh, mm-hmm. Act, you know, that allowed mm-hmm. uh, gave immunity to vaccine manufacturers. Mm-hmm. If this, if we can get the definition of this change, or it's not labeled as a vaccine, that opens up a significant amount for the hundreds of thousands, now over a million adverse events that have been reported to the VAERS system. That then might, might potentially categorically change that. If it's deemed it's not even a vaccine, the opportunity to go after these people for some of the um, injuries that they've caused would be a very real possibility. Is that a fair? If has that a fair dot to connect?
2: I think it would be monumental. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be an extraordinary outcome. The yeah, the fact that it's not a vaccine raises a number of uh, begs a number of questions, uh, and you've identified one of them. Well. If it's not a vaccine, that it doesn't fall under the 1986 PrEP Act.
0: Why are you able to say, I know this, but I want to just talk through it, to say to somebody, it's not a vaccine. You know, I know this is where people, you know, we just have to pause our brains for a second because a lot of us Mm -hmm. and a lot of people have gotten an education over, you know, these last few years that they never thought they had. We just assumed and people have trusted things like the CDC and the FDA and the NIH for Mm -hmm. years and never given it much thought. So I mean, I, I, we understand that they call it a vaccine, right? Um, but that doesn't make it that doesn't make it one. What is why isn't this why is this gene therapy and not a quote vaccine?
2: I'll, I'll put it to you this way: yeah. um, There was a beautiful part of the oral argument that our, our, our remarkable lead litigator George Wentz made during oral argument at the court. You could go to your your listeners can go to our website, prosecute and read the transcript of those oral arguments. Beautiful. And they're fantastic. I would encourage everybody to do that because you can see what the government's argument is. Uh, and you can plainly see our arguments, and you compare those two, and you'll find um, uh, the government performed at a very low level. And there was a point that, well, let me let me answer your argument to say, yeah. why isn't this a vaccine? Here's what Mr. Wentz, here's here's the argument. Mr. Wentz, one of them that he provided at the court to help the judge, who was an who was an octogenarian, uh, understand our argument very clearly, and and the judge was sharp because he understood the issues right out of the gate. It was clear that he had read the briefs and he understood the briefs. So here's the argument that George Wentz made: that, uh, "Look, Judge, if I had gone out last night and imbibed more than normal and gone home with." a headache and woke up this morning with a bigger headache, you know, we would call that, uh, that's a hangover. Now, to solve my hangover, uh, I'm going to take some aspirin, which will reduce the symptoms of the hangover. Now, that's aspirin. That's that's a medical treatment. I take aspirin to reduce my symptoms of my hangover. If I take the same aspirin in anticipation of going out uh, tonight, to over-imbibe uh, thinking that that aspirin is a vaccine, it'll prevent me from getting mm. drunk and prevent me from uh, getting a hangover, then I've got a screw loose. Yeah. The difference between a medical treatment, which does reduce symptomology severity, and immunity, you know, a vaccine which provides immunity, which prevents, which prevents infectivity, right. which prevents symptomology, yeah, yeah. No, that's two very, two very different activities and outcomes that are a function of two very different types of medical, well, um, of, of, of a medical product.
0: And I and I love that metaphor and example. And I think it makes it makes it make a lot of sense. And then part two of that though would be the the argument of that this is actually gene therapy. Now to say that, mm-hmm. why why are you able to say that?
2: Well, one of the reasons, uh, one of the primary pieces of evidence on that point was um, language right from Moderna's website, Yeah, uh, from their SEC filings as well, uh, where they've had to disclose uh, to not medical regulators, but financial regulators. They've been very clear about what their products are, which is very unfortunate because the FDA, I believe, has I believe has participated in the deception, uh, whereas uh, other regulatory agencies like the SEC is not. I and mean, uh, you cannot misrepresent uh, the the nature of a thing uh, to the SEC. You actually have to be honest about it.
0: Apparently, so, apparently. Very he, uh-
2: need to be honest to the SEC, Apparently, but not uh, to
0: the FDA. Good to know, right? <laughs> Good to know.
2: Well, but we have, we have admissions from all kinds of people. We have admissions from the uh, chief medical officer of the WHO, who says that we there is no hard data demonstrating that this actually provides immunity, that these injections actually provide immunity against the SARS-CoV-2 virus. That's an admission that's in writing. Uh, Fauci has admitted that this the, the purpose of this injection was to reduce uh, symptom severity, not immunity. Uh, again, Dr. Brooks coming out just, I was actually flabbergasted by her statement know right. what she wants to gain by this. We have the, uh, the CDC's chief coming out and saying, gee, we got this wrong yeah. just last week. We got this wrong and then identifying protocols going forward. There's no distinction between those who have been vaccinated and those who haven't been vaccinated. But people this lost their, their lives, equal. their
0: livelihood. We shut down a nation over this. We, we shut down marginalized, things, right. marginalized, marginalized humans. We made people feel like criminals, like they were going to kill their grandmother or their grandfather if they didn't do that. If you weren't wearing a yeah. mask, you were a second, you were yeah. just as close. You were just as you were, you know, a premeditated murder. I mean, it's insane. And this is why, number one, this is why I wanted to have you on because we do, we, you know, the one of the risks, of course, is you know hi- of history repeating itself. And I think if any of us you know, are concerned about what's going on. It's, it's not, I don't think anybody really believes this is over. Meaning that the agenda that is behind this, you know, they always, you know, desire more control and and that means then that's losing more of our rights and freedoms. And so we have to, we have to stay on this. We have to, you know, have these victories, get things in, you know, in the, whether it's in the court of law or, you know, but whatever, hold people accountable so it doesn't happen again. So people realize you know, there you go to jail for stuff like this, right? You know, you you know people absolutely. You know, and I know yeah. that's part yeah, of me, the goal. Let me, yeah. let,
2: well, let me remind you of a case. There was a case uh, in 2005. Uh, Pfizer had a drug by the name uh, by the name of Bextra, sure. And uh, they had uh, the FDA found out that they were actually promoting this uh, drug uh, for off-label purposes. That is saying that it was useful for. Uh, for needs that the patients had that were not uh, identified on its labeling. Well, that's not legal. And the FDA had called Pfizer on doing that, saying, you know, knock it off. Well, the outcome of that case is that the the government, the DOJ, sued Pfizer criminally uh, because that's what the DOJ does. They went after uh, Pfizer criminally, charging them with deceptive promotion uh, regarding this drug, Vextra. That led to the largest settlement in DOJ history. Still, the largest settlement in DOJ history: uh, $2.3 dollars uh, from Pfizer for deceptive promotion.
0: Yeah, so it wouldn't be now, the first time. If if you know if I if if you. Have a company that's yes. in the past has had a 2.3 billion dollar settlement for lying, uh, and now they're making this medication, this you know gene therapy, now calling it a vaccine. Like it's not a big leap. You know, I've heard it said before. These aren't you know these aren't you know angels in the back. You know, um, you know making these um, you know uh, you know perfect unicorn you know things for us. Like there's a track record that's very very disturbing mm-hmm. with pharma, and in particular with Pfizer and many others. Uh, Moderna, and this is the first product they've ever brought to market, you know, successfully. Like, yes. this is this is right. wild stuff. That doesn't take you don't yeah. have to be that kind of skeptical to say this doesn't smell very good, right?
2: Right. No. So it's a the the Becher case for me is a is a bellwether um, is a bellwether case here where we're not talking about crimes as a function of how many people did they kill. Um. But it's simply you promoted this drug uh, using deception. And for me, oh, just let's just call it like it is over the last two years that they've been promoting these uh, injections as of vaccines. And now we have Fauci and Burks, the two presidential advisors yeah. at the time this came out, who said it was a vaccine. And now, two years and change later, They're saying, actually, we knew at the time that it wasn't, and it wasn't going to protect anybody from anything relative to this virus.
0: Yet we mandated it, Uh, yet we, you know, attempted to mandate it, and I've Nonetheless, nonetheless,
2: it was mandated, nonetheless, we said, you know, we told all the doctors to tell everybody that it was safe and effective, nonetheless, we told people to stand six feet apart, nonetheless, we didn't let them worship, nonetheless, we didn't let them travel, nonetheless, we shut down their businesses, nonetheless. Yeah. We let people die in the hospital. Schools, the kiddos, alone.
0: how they've been damaged. Yeah,
2: we kept yeah. So the fact that's why the, the Griner case here is a monumental case. So when you Where the decision where the decision comes back that the injection is not a vaccine, but a medical treatment, and it was unconstitutionally mandated. Yeah. The outcome of that is extraordinary because then if it's not a vaccine then what about the yeah. what about the representation by, made by every doctor right made by every nurse made by every every institutional administration that pushed that message down the suppl- the supply chain of information to those healthcare providers that threatened them with their job if you don't say this if you don't take this injection you're out
0: for, for, for people that are listening, I want, you know, so many of our listeners, I want, but there's, there's kind of feel like there's maybe two camps here, if, there, if you will, and I want to speak to them just for a second. One of them I would say for many of you listening, and I don't know if this is, is the right word, but I'm just going to say it. I, I hope at some level you feel vindicated. And I just mean that just personally for your heart, because you knew there was something wrong, something off. You smelled it early. You fought the good fight you stood up you didn't participate you 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 held your ground and for those people i hope when you get to hear from stanford and his team and what they're doing that you feel you feel encouraged you feel a little bit of vindication now there's a second group of people that felt like they were maybe um they were coerced into this they didn't want to they felt to keep their job they felt to go to school now We could debate on whether or not that was the right decision, but there's people that I know, many, that reluctantly received the jab, and they Mm -hmm. didn't want to. They regret it. They wish they didn't. Matter of fact, just this weekend, we were um, with somebody, and she's a home nurse, and she was jabbed, Mm -hmm. and her health has been destroyed, and she Mm -hmm. regrets it so much. She's crying in 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 the pool talking to my wife because it's destroyed her life. And she's, you know, a nurse. And, and so these people that were, you know, there's so there's there's a lot of those. Now, matter of fact, the latest statistic I've seen is that only a third of the country is um, up to date on the boosters that are recommended. So people have, in a sense, woken up. They, They said enough is enough. Now, we have different degrees of this and God's given you a certain level of talent and skill in your life to, 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 you know, be on this end of it, to help people in that way. And then we've got woke, you know, doctors that are doing the right, you know, there's, it's going to take all of us, but, um, just, yes. you know, thank you for your team and your effort and you just following that, that nudge that day, that video that you saw and it. And it, you know, you, like you said, and I, I've always felt that way too, uh, Stanford, which is I can't, once I, I know something is, is an injustice or something is being, Know, done wrong, I have to speak up. I feel a sense of obligation to do that. I know everybody doesn't, and some people are too afraid to do that, but i I'm not. And so I'm going I do that on behalf often of other people, like um, just so mm-hmm. they can at least hopefully, you know hear something that makes sense to them. So thank you for for all that you've done and you're going to continue to do. However, I do want to make sure that we give some adequate time here to some other work that you do. Now, it's a little bit mm-hmm. ironic to me. Um, especially what we learned about um, these uh, gene therapies, these injections, and these medical treatments. And unfortunately, even if we know part two of this, I know you're just trying to get the definition of it changed. It's actually not a, a, a vaccine, but it's actually a really dangerous medical treatment, even if we want to call it that, right? I mean, the side effects and the implications and the damage that this vaccine has caused. And we have seen evidence of people that caught COVID naturally um, having challenges, cardiovascular, cardiovascularly yeah. and heart, you know, every, people have learned words they never knew about before, you know, and, uh, pericarditis and these types of things. And nobody had to think about it. And certainly we didn't see kids having it. We didn't see tie-in athletes dropping over dead. So, but you had been part of a product, part of a nutraceutical that you had just sent me recently The new research that even just came out of Ohio state. I would love, cause I'll, I, 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 I see patients every day. I treat patients every day. And I have people that have these concerns. I've got high school kids that are now getting EKG done, you know, getting their hearts done checked because they're going to play sports because, you know, they were jabbed and possibly the injuries that were sustained through that. So will you tell us about uh, your product, Cardio Miracle? What, you know, just I would love our listeners to become familiar with that, because if they're looking for some help, they're scared, they're concerned, they don't believe they don't know what to do. Um, and just tell us about that, because this isn 't this was pre covid this was something you 've been working with you know before that this wasn 't you know you 're not an opportunist within covid you happen to have something that can help significantly with the heart. so will you tell us about that?
2: Sure I had been uh, a friend of mine, John Hewlett, who's the founder of a company called Cardio Miracle uh, over a course of twelve years he developed a a product called Cardiom Miracle that is a nitric oxide vitamin D uh, nutraceutical. Uh, we have some extraordinary science done on that just in the last uh three years out of Ohio uh University, as well as uh in silico testing from one of the cutting-edge um artificial intelligence uh biotechnology companies here in the US. Uh here's what's extraordinary. I mean, it was uh, really a function of the, the, the gentleman that sent me the podcast and said, Hey, do you know this guy? Listen to this. And it was the David Bednar's uh, interview was my friend, John Hewlett. And uh, he had actually just asked me a year or so before to come over uh, to his company and help him grow distribution and you know, gr- grow the company. Uh, so, so that's what I was doing. I, set aside my practice of law and i was doing that for him and we were working together anyway uh one of the things that really uh, set me off as i was listening to david martin in that interview is that he said that the uh, spike protein damages was designed to damage endothelial cells well endothelial cells are this monolayer uh this one cell thick monolayer on the inside of all of our blood vasculature you know, from arteries down to microcapillaries as well as uh, lymph vessels. So I was thinking, well, if this spike protein thing is designed to cause the dysfunction of the endothelium, which happens to be the largest organ of the immune system, which happens to be the, the regulator of data between information in the blood and delivery of that data, that information to all uh, tissue outside that blood compartment that 's kind of a thing. Uh, if the endothelium, which is the communication interface between the blood and all interstitial tissue, if that can be caused a dysfunction, then what in the world could happen to a human body because yeah. those are uh, vascular systems everywhere you know the you know the size and ubiquity. Of these microcapillaries. You can't prick right. your body anywhere with a pin without a bleeding. So, the uh, later, so I actually read some of that data in the patent that David Martin has produced that the spike protein is designed to damage the endothelium. And as it turns out, about a year into this uh, pandemic, we've got some remarkable. Medical institutions making that conclusion that that uh, this SARS-CoV-2 is an endothelial disease. Many institutions had reached that conclusion in late 2020 and throughout 2021 that COVID was a endothelial disease. That the spike proteins were damaging the. Uh, the blood vasculature, both from the interior and then getting into those uh, endothelial cells, propagating that protein within those endothelial cells and puncturing it from the inside as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why the Swedish team who actually performed the first forensic autopsies in March of 2020, Dr. Wall found ubiquitous micro blood clots. Um, they found that blood had been uh, prevented uh, from traveling into um, into primary organs. Well,
0: and, we, and I don't, so, when I think about this, and I think about, and, and this is why we have concerns about the jab in general, with as from yeah. a gene therapy standpoint, when it's actually putting in mRNA to actually get your body right. to create spike protein, we, right.
2: ha- we have a right. concern
0: here, right? If we know that con- yeah. spike proteins can be damaging, are damaging to endothelial cells to the cardiovascular system, which and I will just yeah. tell you as a practicing physician as a as a chiropractor you know I, not only do I see a lot of people but I, I hear the stories from their family I hear the stories from their friends and it's been devastating to hear how many people have been you know affected you know by in their cardiovascular system from from getting jabbed and so when I see yeah. you know when I hear this and um, you know when we're when we're talking through this it's, it's it's you know, and I think about the J and J vaccine, which was you know paused yeah. for a minute and then allowed to continue. But the reason it was paused was because of blood clots, right? Well, no, again, no yeah. surprise, right? Well, you know, this is yeah. this, sometimes when you start to understand it a little bit, it's not, it's actually not confusing. It actually makes a lot of sense. It's heartbreaking. It's devastating. Mm-hmm. It's tragic, and it's you know uh, horrendous, and it should never have allowed it. Because right. if we would have done what we've we, we well you know I'm such a skeptic sometimes but I mean if we would have even done basic science on this and then done some basic you know follow you know following of rules and 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 good science we would never ever ever ended up here which I think which is what I hear a little bit from you at least in your court case which is saying hey it should never have gotten to this point right of course it shouldn't have i mean if we would have just done a, a minuscule of our due diligence however unfortunately well, this is if, yeah go ahead
2: yeah. I was just going to say, if there wasn't the intent to deceive, well, <laughs> that's been the intention. Because again, remember that the the injection was developed before the yeah,
0: which is fascinating. The, uh, the, yeah, the, the pathogen itself, which is which is a fascinating. So, and again, I know that that's why we're so thankful for for you know David Martin's work. I want it so. Okay, let me ask you this because people got well, this. So, so
2: here, well, yeah. So here's the thing. So I'm, I'm identifying this injury that the spike protein caused to yeah. the endothelium because. The endothelium uh, is responsible for producing endothelial nitric oxide in the body. That's one of its primary uh, duties. Endothelial nitric oxide keeps the endothelium healthy. When the, when the endothelium can produce endothelial nitric oxide, a number of things happen. Number one, it maintains the flexibility of the vascular system atherosclerosis cannot happen. Number two, when your endothelial is healthy, part of its uh, work is to inhibit adhe- uh, the adherence of garbage to the interior lining mm. of your blood vasculature. Uh, it also optimizes blood oxygenation, wow. nitric oxide does. It also... Optimizes uh, blood viscosity. Consider this, doctor, because uh, your endothelium is the organ that is primary to produce this endothelial nitric oxide, which is. I believe was the president of the American Heart Association back in 1998 when the Nobel Prize was awarded to three scientists who discovered this X factor that kept uh, blood vasculature flexible was in fact nitric oxide. And they figured out that nitric oxide was being produced by the endothelium itself. That's why they won the Nobel Prize award. The president of the American Heart Association said, well, now we have solved cardiovascular disease. That was in print. Now we've solved cardiovascular disease. Nobody has to be injured by or die from The disease is still the primary cause of death in the country. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So imagine my consternation when I've been working with John Hewlett and Cardio Miracle for a year and uh, reading hundreds of studies on nitric oxide and their tremendous benefits that come when your body actually produces it, when you give the body the fuel that it needs to actually produce naturally nitric oxide, all the health benefits that cascade from that, are uh, they're enormous. So imagine my consternation when I hear Dr. Martin in that first interview uh, where he says, oh yeah, these spike proteins are designed to attack and damage the endothelial cells. And by the way, that was the conclusion of the Swedish forensic team that conducted the first forensic autopsies on COVID deaths. When they opened those bodies up, they said, we don't know what, could have possibly caused this, but what we're looking at, we've never seen before. The language from that uh, study said that the the blood vasculature was littered. That's the verb they use. It was littered with blood clots.
0: You know, it's it's I listen so, to this. It's hard to you know you, you you stated earlier with cardiovascular disease being one of the number one causes of death, and cancer quickly after. What's interesting mm-hmm. is 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 listening to that. it's man, it's hard for me to. If 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 you were gonna try to create something that didn't that 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 killed people, but it did it in a way that would probably go at some level unnoticed, meaning not a new novel, meaning like, well, a lot of people die of heart disease anyway. So when 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 you know grandma or grandpa or uncle Bob dies, we just go, well, a lot of people die of that. Like it, it just as I'm listening to you, it almost triggers another sinister angle for me that goes that would be a good way to help it, you know, and plus just how how you were talking about earlier, endothelial's impacts on just whole, whole, whole body health. Because the other thing that I have seen that has blown my mind is people mm. getting aggressive cancers, right, that, that, mm. that were either yeah. latent or didn't have them. They've gotten jabbed, they've gotten boosters, and then all of a sudden, boom, literally, I just walked out yeah. of a room before I came over here with a woman telling me about her 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 mother-in-law who now literally stage four cancer, and it was just the, it's the classic. I've I've never seen this in my life like I've seen it now, and so you know to create something that goes in and kind of makes the body itself. And I'm not saying this the right way, but it, it, you can see how. And they did this when they when the, the the people that have been researching the 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 creation of this the COVID the spike protein or the you know the the bio weapon when they've gone in and looked at it, they said the only way that that got I mean where that got inserted into that was it was could only be done by by man. But actually, like you said, Barrick's research, he actually found a way to try to do it where you couldn't tell it was done by man, which is so, you know, devastating. Like all the they just it's almost like they wanted to it's like what they say, hiding in plain sight, right? It's happening right in front yeah, of us. Sure. Manipulating it. and then you know as people are dying around us that we love and care about and whether they're and it's it's just it's it's really um, maddening. So, okay. So you have. So you have. You're seeing this. You have your experience with Cardio Miracle. It's been, the guys have been working on it for you know decade plus. It just so happens, right? A bunch of people are having major cardiovascular issues due to the COVID spike protein. Um, so you say we got to do something about this. So will you tell us about some of the research? What Cardio Miracle does? Because um, we don't do a lot of this on the show. Meaning we don't talk about specific mm-hmm. products that often but i just it was too compelling for me not to do that i feel like i would mm. almost be complicit if i don't let people know about this so they can you know get it for themselves and their and their family members so what does cardiomerical i mean cuz this is so it all sounds good but if cardiomerical doesn't actually help you m- produce that then it doesn't matter but it but in fact cardiomerical does do that
2: yeah so the research that we had uh the research that was performed at ohio university by dr tudus Malinsky, who is a a uh 300 plus peer reviewed articles uh, with a specialization in nitric oxide and vitamin D. Uh, His lab actually is a nanotechnology lab at Ohio University. His lab was the first in the world to observe and measure uh, production of nitric oxide by human endothelial cells in real time. So, you know, anytime you've got a lab that's a first in the world thing for doing something good, that's a good measuring stick. But uh, in his publication that was uh, came out in uh, February 2020 in the, uh, the Journal of Pharmacognosy Research, uh, his they found that that uh, human endothelial cells bathed—that's the verb—bathed in carotid immediately began producing nitric oxide. And that the production of that nitric oxide extended for over 24 hours, which had never been observed before, ever. The wow. most of they had seen, uh, based on either diet, or or, or other supplementation, had seen endothelial cells produce nitric oxide in maybe two to four hours, hmm. but never an, a long-term, bioavailable production of nitric oxide. He suggested. Well, so that was the first discovery that just really uh, changed his perspective on uh, on nitric oxide productivity and uh, how uh, humans can induce, you know, persuade the body to produce more. Because actually, as doctor, over time, you know, beginning in our mid 30s, our body's ability to produce nitric oxide naturally declines because the endothelial. experiences wear and tear. I mean, we live in a toxic world. We have internal toxins, external toxins, but uh, the endothelium goes through a process of wear and tear. And if it doesn't receive what it needs nutritionally, then it cannot produce the nitric oxide that it's built to produce. The pressing question uh, so- is,
0: do we, will we all run 427- Miles, if we take, I mean, I th- let's just get let's just get to the bottom line here. <laughs> it it, just, it, it, te- it
2: induces the production of nitric oxide, not not insanity. Only in a few, indi- only in a few individuals. Is there a, a a byproduct, you know, of uh, of uh, temporary insanity? But you know, outside of COVID,
0: so, having something that can help do that and doing that safely and doing that through nutraceutical versus pharmacology or manipulation or synthetic chemicals. Um, you know, I would never allow a person like I'm not saying. I mean, I, we, we don't talk about that stuff on the show because I'm not interested in more pharmaceuticals for humans. I'm interested in things that work yeah. with the body, not against the body. And so, right. you know, in order, but 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 the reality is, you have the number one cause of death uh, in the United States: cardiovascular disease. And you have, you know, essentially for most people, the only way they think they can go after that is you know taking a statin or taking a blood pressure pill. Which I don't even want to talk right. about those things. Those things are don't 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 well, get what I want I'll to tell do you anyway. this.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the, the study I just sent you, which was just published in Frontier Frontier Health Journal, um, which is a very prestigious uh, health publication, uh, a peer-reviewed study on Miracle, just published August 15th of this month, yeah, August 15th, 2022, has a statement in that, in that peer-reviewed study that states that, that cardio-miracle, taking Miracle. One of the things that happens as a function of that is it causes the regression, of quoting, it causes the regression of atherosclerosis.
3: Wow.
2: Now, the reason that, that statement can be made is because endothelial cells that produce nitric oxide in a long term bioavailable way actually help the body heal itself. So, so I'm not making any health I'm not yeah, making uh, any yeah. health claims. Yeah, yeah. God,
0: God forbid we help somebody get better. We don't want to be guilty yeah. of that. Yeah,
2: don't don't want to say that hey, this cures anything. I'm just we're citing we're citing the research and uh, it's peer reviewed publication. Yeah,
0: in order for that to get through a peer reviewed journal and to get published, mm-hmm. you just can't. That doesn't that doesn't happen, uh, and certainly not not like you just described. So everybody's going to be asking because um, they're worried. Right? They're they're worried about their friends, or family, themselves. How, yeah. and, I, and you're very generous. I didn't ask you to do this. You took this upon yourself, but um, you actually set up a, a discount code for for listeners that they can get fifteen yes. percent off of this. And I, I'm just reading it right off of what you sent me. And again, I just I just yeah. want our listeners to know. And this is when I when I met Stanford, and and we've gotten to know each other. I'm just you know you don't get into you don't you know you don't you're not at this time in your career. I imagine you've been a very successful person. You're not looking for a you know, a big fight to, you know, you trying to run, you know, break world records in a mile and say, oh, I actually want to take on the, you know, the biggest pandemic and the biggest, you know, you know, uh, you know, I want to sue Biden for an afternoon. That sounds like fun. So, um, you're just a generous person. And so this, um, so if they use raw 15, they get 15% off of Cardio Miracle. Is there, is that, do they go to the website? Is that the best way to do that? Cardio Yeah, is yeah go right to
2: the web. That's right. They go Cardio com. Uh, put RAL fifteen, RAL one five, at uh, at checkout, and yeah, they'll get that discount. I was—that's a great thing to do. The here's the the point is, th- think about this, doctor. You know, there's the three common denominators for all chronic inflammatory diseases. And it's those chronic inflammatory diseases that kill over seventy percent of the people every year that die in this country. Right. The three common denominators are low blood supply, low blood flow, and hypoxia—you know, low oxygen, low blood oxygen. Those are the three common denominators for chronic inflammatory diseases. Whether it's Parkinson's, yeah, Alzheimer's, yeah, you know, diabetes—I mean, you just go right, right down the list. So much of it, so much of it surrounds blood flow involves our blood all it involves our blood how fast it's moving yeah Think about Uh, the the benefits
0: of exercise came to mind, right? And and I know that and you know, know, why why is it when we study exercise and movement, we see so many things improve, right? We see memory Mm -hmm. get better, we Mm -hmm. see attitude get better, we see cancers actually go away, you know, or reduce. When my dad was being treated for cancer naturally, I remember the very first it's funny you say this. I'm not exaggerating. I took my dad to a natural cancer clinic in Arizona. The first thing they did, and this is, I'm not kidding you. The first thing they did to him was they put him on an exercise bike. They put a nasal cannula in him with high flow oxygen and they had him Mm -hmm. exercising in high, in high oxygen saturation. And it it was, and it's just, it's, it's just funny that it came to mind when you said that, right? So, you know, between cancer and heart disease, and these are not bold claims. This is just physiology folks. And I mean, we're not, everything we're talking about here is just good old fashioned common sense. Now we do a really good job in this country of, messing that up. We try to poison ourselves to health. We try to, you know, jab ourselves to health. We try to, you know, get ourselves healthy laying on the couch. Like that doesn't work and not gonna work. We're living on our phones and and rotting our brains. And I'm getting a little bit fired up here, but like this this isn't that complicated, right? Now, uh, in a sense, but thankfully, you know, and and for those of you and I and I know you'd be the first one to say this, um, you know, cardio miracle doesn't doesn't um, take away, you know, eating good it doesn't take away moving your body. It doesn't take away, you know, mental health and all the things that we need to do to do that and our relationships with others and our Relationship with God. Like those are all parts yeah, of the absolutely. spoke in the wheel. However, you, you know, we need to understand this. And, and I'm thankful for the work that you guys have done for your your generosity to our listeners to get this stuff in their hands because you know, people don't know where to turn. People are frustrated and scared. Mm-hmm. And if you did jab yourself and you are experiencing, you know, that or, or even if you had COVID natural, there's some people that are having cardiovascular issues related to that. This is something that you can be done and and this, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to make a joke there, uh, Stanford. I said, this can be done even preventably, but then I would say, well, that makes this a vaccine. So I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to say, <laughs> I, I well, don't want to put you in well, that category
2: of teasing you. I should just, I, I should reference very quickly the, uh, the human clinical trial that was conducted by a, an Italian research team that was actually published in the Lancet. You mentioned the Lancet earlier that was published in the Lancet in, um, in September of 2021. Okay, here's what that research team did. They uh, they took a, the the group of people that they uh, used to conduct this uh, clinical trial were people who had been diagnosed with severe COVID who were hospitalized. Okay. Um, the one half of those folks received a therapeutic dose of L-arginine right, right, An amino acid yeah. of three grams a day, three grams twice a day. So six grams of L-arginine a day. Uh, and the other half of that, uh, of that group received a placebo. The folks that received the therapeutic dose of L-arginine, their hospital stays were cut in half.
3: Hmm.
2: And they actually left the hospital. Hmm. with the findings that that administration of l arginine reversed the endothelial damage that the spike protein had done. That's that's the observation directly from that study. I found the study fascinating because it started out by saying, look, now we know. This is what they said at the beginning of that research article. Now we know that COVID-19 is an endothelial disease. We know that. That's what the research team stated. Here's the point. Cody Miracle has over six grams of L-arginine and L-citrulline, terms of amino acids that were the uh, that were the game changers in that human clinical trial that got those severe COVID patients out of the hospital. And half the time, as the remaining part of that cohort, they uh, received a placebo. So the point is that John Hewlett, whose background is finance, tax planning, you know, <laughs> and he's the guy that figured this out. I mean, Cardi Miracle has had six plus gram uh, dose of these amino acids that are the fuel for endothelial cells to produce nitric oxide for years. So what as is it, it turns so, out, in twenty yeah, so. So as it turns out, in 2021, this Italian research team finds that, gosh, if we give people this therapeutic dose of alargine, their endothelium begins to heal itself.
0: So the question
2: from the from the the damage caused by not just preventative spike proteins when you have
0: yeah. so it took it took, a, it took a lawyer it took a commodity international commodities lawyer and a and a financial <laughs> estate planner to to solve heart disease you know just <laughs> just what you would just what you would expect to suspect there's got to there's got to be a joke there's a punchline in there somewhere i don't know yeah there's it is, a
2: punchline but, in there uh, like uh, yeah, a yeah lawyer and a financial planner for <laughs> insurance insurance guy walk into a bar
0: and cure heart it starts disease starts that way i don't there know <laughs> so
2: so uh, well uh, no, we're not we obviously we can't say we cure anything. You sure are, uh, the easy, regulatory yeah. Yeah. language, yeah, I know. But just you know, because yeah. of whoever's listening. Of course. Um, we're not making those claims, but I'll tell you folks, yeah, we do have a money back guarantee. Yeah. And what we do what we what we can say, Dr. Roll, is that there's a very high probability of seeing unicorns and rainbows, you know, within two weeks. <laughs> and feeling like <laughs> Feeling like you've got a lion heart, you know, that's replaced the uh, the one you've got. In terms work. of brain fog, brain fog and energy, mm. um, I mean, all kinds of great things are the typical narrative from uh, the thousands of, of uh, folks that enjoy cardio miracles. Well, we're so.
0: strong believers. I was on your website the other day and I saw even uh, Bear Grills, Is that how you say his name? He's a big uh, believer yeah. in, in, not believer, but you know what I mean. Uh, uses your product yeah. and loves it. And everybody yeah. you know, uh, knows that guy as he's out there. But you yeah. know, you know, we're we're so thankful for. I'm um, so thankful that Kevin introduced us and that we were able to connect. And and I'm just, you know, we need we need all of us and you know doing this work and 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 sharing the knowledge. And I love the story, even though we're kind of joking about it. I don't I don't really care where truth comes from, right? I don't I don't care who brings it to be. Mm. I don't care who brings it to light. Um, and sometimes it's mm. the most un- uncommon people or or people, sometimes it takes an outsider to ask a different question, to see it a different way. Isn't that, you know, isn't th- that's that the truth? Not caught yeah. up in it, you know, and you know, you've got kids, I've got kids, and just even that's one of the things we pray for our kids is just that they, you know, remain independent critical thinkers, right? That they don't just take it, yeah. you know, shoved shove down their throats. We're big believers on this on this podcast, of course, of of medical choice, freedom of choice, um, you know, freedom in general. And so we, um, but we're not done. I know that it's nice to see the, you know, the relaxing of CDC guidelines. It's nice to see, you know, blah, 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 mandates falling away. And I celebrate all of those things, but I also am cautious of our future. I'm cautious, you know, and so we, we have to continue to do the fight. Now I'm not a, I'm an optimistic human person and I, and I believe in, you know, keeping that attitude, but, but we also have to work. We have to you know, you you can't sit around all day long dreaming about running a, a four minute mile. You got to get off the couch and hit the pavement, right? Hit the trails. And yeah. so, um, you yeah. know, the reality is it's going to take, it takes all of that. And so just, we are so grateful again, Stanford. I know we'll have you back on just as the research continues to come out on your, on the product, but also as the court cases continue to develop, we'd love to celebrate with you guys and, and just, um, you know, encourage you. And I know the two websites, you said the Cardio Miracle, then the other one is, um, the prosecute. Now. Yeah. Uh, please get on there. Yeah. I suppose they can support you there. I'm sure if there's ways to do that or, or what you guys are looking for.
2: But. We'll, we'll actually have a method of doing that in the next couple of weeks, but okay. yeah, check out, I encourage them to check out the documents there is you'll see that, um, uh, and, uh, Please uh, I would ask your listeners to please subscribe as well to Prosecute Now. Okay. You can you can actually actually you can put in .dot com or .dot io. It'll migrate you to the to the website. But you know the point is there that Ted, this is not this was a first Bali. COVID was the first Bali. Mm-hmm. and already we've seen you know a follow up bizarre, you know emergency right. uh, emergency rally cry from the who about this goofy monkeypox. Right. So it's, uh, we're not done, but no, it's not. The, the who has actually put this in print that uh, they, they call the 20th century. This is in print. I, I can send you the article, their publication. The 20th century is what they call the, the century of treatment. The 21st century, they've entitled the century of the vaccine. And in that same document, which is, uh, does the pages long, the the most frequent word in that, uh, well, the one that gives me greatest pause in, in that document is surveillance.
3: Hmm.
2: Uh, it occurs over 87 times, wow. um, that, uh, there is a plan to put, um, Actually, the the effort of this of this COVID exercise was to determine the um, the ability to or to determine the compliance of the public and its uh, acceptability of a, a global vaccine platform you know, they could use to roll out one after the other, after the other, after the other. Regard, you know, and who knows what kind of consequences given given what we know now yeah. about the current non-vaccine. Um, why it was designed the way it was, its purposes, you know, black and white. It's in print. Uh, you just need to know where to look. Uh, this was not designed for public health. That never was the intention. And we have, we have the admissions of the CEOs of the organizations that made it. We have the admissions of, of the folks in government positions and appointed, both elected and appointed, uh, for pushing it. Uh, You can take a look at Pfizer's, uh, profits over the last two years and uh again, just all the money and the objectives that these uh these elites have now they want the world to run so it mm. does take all of us yeah Dr. it does take all of us and the great thing is is that there are a lot more of of uh these just us the common folks yeah phenomenal people in our own right who uh love our personal liberties freedoms the ability to worship God according to our conscience and uh, to raise our family and our families in peace and give the world to our kids in a better disposition than when we received it, all basic stuff. And uh, Amen that's to that. most people. Well, that's most people.
0: I uh, I think that is a perfect ending to the show. You gave us a lot uh, to think about. You might be the, what's the old, uh, <laughs> the old this is a bad metaphor It's coming to mind, but I think it's the the, the <laughs> most interesting man in the world, right? Is he the 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 the, the beer guy no. or something like that, right? Like a, you're like the most interesting guy in the world is what I'm thinking about as I'm listening to you talk, um, but also very humble. Not, hard,
2: not hardly, but I, but I get to hang out with, them. I get to spend my time with some remarkable people, that much like yourself. So well, I'm very blessed that way, for sure.
0: Well, um, thanks for your time again. We will uh, find a, uh, find time to have you back on as, as we stay updated on your guys' progress and victories. Uh, go, go look at uh, the websites, guys, help them out, support them, find a way to do that. And if you know somebody is struggling with cardiovascular, which unfortunately is a, not everybody right now, um, look into the products. But we thank you so much. Have a wonderful day and God bless.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five-star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.Clinic.